This episode includes depictions of graphic violence, alcoholism, and brief references to filicide and cannibalism. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. Please note, the story you're about to hear is not a direct retelling of any one story of the Maniades. Today's episode combines features from a number of Greek and Roman legends for dramatic effect. Hello everyone, I'm Vanessa Richardson, and welcome to Mythical Monsters, a Spotify original from Parcast. This week we continue our odyssey through the dark caves of history with another monstrous creature of the night. The Miniades are a cautionary tale from ancient Greece meant to teach the value of work-life balance and of respecting a god who can transform you into any form he likes. This is Mythical Monsters Bats. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Coming up, Bats Screech a Warning. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. While many Greek deities had dedicated temples, the god Dionysus was always on the move. According to many accounts, he left his homeland in modern-day Turkey and traveled west towards Greece, gaining a growing retinue of followers as he went. He was the god of wine, revelry, and madness, so all of his disciples could get very rowdy. But the most frightening members of his cult were the Bacchae. The Bacchae were women who lived in a state of almost permanent inebriation. They punished anyone who did not follow the will of their god, tearing them apart with their bare hands. It's been suggested that today's monster, the Miniades, actually came from Dionysus's desire to save the Bacchae's victims from a torturous death. Leokippe, Arsippe, and Alcatho were once princesses in southern Greece, they got their nickname, the Miniades, from their father, King Minias. When Dionysus's cult came to town, the Miniades hid in their home, weaving at their looms instead of joining the celebration. Dionysus warned them that there would be consequences, but they did not emerge. In some versions of the story, Dionysus gave the Miniades terrible hallucinations, and they killed Leokippe's young son in their frenzy. In others, the Miniades offered the boy up willingly in hopes of appeasing the god. Either way, it was not enough. 
As the Baki closed in, Dionysus transformed the three princesses into bats. They don't have any powers, but that's part of the horror. All these bats can do is watch as it all happens again. Someone screamed in the street. Karina didn't want to see who. It had been 12 hours since the cult of Dionysus had entered Corinth, and the Bacchanalia had begun. Women cavorted through the streets. Men fled for their lives. That scream could have been good or bad. Karina didn't want to know which. Instead, she'd stay locked up tight in her little home three blocks east of the Agora. Karina had promised the wife of a very important merchant that she would have a flaxen robe done by the end of the month. Yes, she had over a week and was well ahead of schedule, but she needed to stay at her loom, if only to drown out the noise. She heard another scream, louder this time. She bent closer to the loom, trying to focus on the percussive dance of the wooden rods. Click, clack, pull the shuttle. Click, clack, pull the shuttle. Click, clack, pull the shuttle. If she concentrated enough, the noises outside would fade into the background. Someone knocked at the door. Corina paused. She listened, praying to Athena that they would go away. They didn't. Corina got up from her loom and tiptoed to the entrance. She whispered through the wood, What do you want? The voice that answered was smooth and melodic, a maiden both soothing and seductive. She had an ease and calm to her, far different from the frenzy of the Baki that surrounded her. Corina wondered how she could walk among them without being hurt. Hello, Corina. Can you come out to play? The laughter of the Baki accompanied every word the maiden said. Their entreaties to join the festivities washed over Karina like a wave. Karina swallowed. How had they learned her name? I'm sorry, I'm working. She decided to borrow the words Dionysus's followers had shouted in the street. Perhaps that would be enough to get them to leave her alone. Please give my prayers to the bearer of the vine, the twofold shape, thrice begat, born from thunder. The young woman clicked her tongue. Your words are not enough, Karina. You must join in our rites tonight. The god is waiting. Karina's throat was tightening. Surely the Bacchian king has better things to attend to than I. The maiden's laugh seemed to echo inside and outside her house. <laughs> oh, little weaver, do not think anything escapes his eye. He sees more in his madness than the sane do with sight. Corina had no doubt of it. Dionysus was a god after all, but he was also a murderer, or at least his followers were. The Baki killed in their frenzy. Men, women, animals, anyone that didn't seem devoted enough to their god. Corina feared losing herself in the delirium. She didn't want to wake up days later with scratches on her hands and blood in her teeth. Corina grabbed a chair and wedged it against the door. She pushed a table against it as well. I'm sorry, I must work. Enjoy the festival. She rushed back to her loom, but the maiden's voice carried like an actor's in an amphitheater. This is your last chance, Corina. Don't be a killjoy. The Baki passed the word around between them in an eerie echo. 
Corina stood before the loom. She hummed to drown out the words until suddenly they stopped. The whole house was silent, seemingly the whole street too. Unnerved, Corina reminded herself that she'd wanted silence. She went back to her work, click-clack. There was a squeak in the attic. Corina looked up at the ceiling. Could the backy have gotten in? Corina didn't know what she'd do if they had, but she also couldn't stand at the loom waiting for them to tear her to pieces. She needed to go up and check. Corina held her breath as she crept up to the second floor. She held a small wax-burning lamp made out of an oyster shell. She paused before the top step, shielding the flame to avoid suspicion. She listened for any more signs of movement, but the house was quiet. She slowly poked her head into the attic. The top floor was dark. There was no moon to shine through the small windows and expose the shadowy rafters. Something rustled in the blackness. Karina nearly put out the candle as she wheeled around searching for the sound. Nothing stirred. Then she heard it again, right above her. Six small dots of obsidian glittered in the lamplight. She lifted the oyster shell a little higher. Corina barely held in a scream. She shook uncontrollably. The trembling of the lantern cast shadows on the bat's wrinkled heads and pointed ears. As the flame quivered, they changed. The fur receded and the folds of the skin stretched until the creatures had human faces. Corina, the bat squeaked. We've been waiting for you. Coming up, Corina must choose between the bats and the backy. Hi, listeners. I'm Tom Morton, host of Parcast's landmark show, Real Pirates, where we set sail alongside history's most notorious villains. Dive into their world during the golden age of piracy in an immersive audio experience. Listen as experts reveal the reality of life under the black flag. There is no evidence that I have ever seen of any pirate burying their treasure. Catch our previous episodes on Major Steve Bonnet, Charles Vane, and Blackbeard. Blackbeard himself as a pirate was a larger-than-life figure. He would put candles into his hair to frighten his victims. And still to come are the stories of Anne Bonny, Captain Kidd, and Henry Morgan. Join us for new episodes every Monday as we follow the rise and fall of the most legendary outlaws ever to sail the seven seas. Real Pirates is a Spotify original from Parcast. Follow and listen to Real Pirates for free on Spotify. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Now back to the story. The bats were talking to her. The bats were actually talking to her. Perhaps the madness of the backy had snuck through the gaps in her house. She told herself this wasn't really happening. She only needed to wait and the delirium would pass. But the bats kept talking. The largest spoke first. Corina, Corina, you must listen to us, please. Then the thinner one with bright green eyes piped up. 
You must go to the revels. You must. The smallest flapped her wings to make her point. The worst will happen if you do not honor Dionysus. Please. Karina collapsed to the ground. She closed her eyes and covered her ears with her hands. This isn't real. This isn't real. This isn't real. She felt something soft brush against her knee. She cracked open one eye. The smallest human-faced bat was staring up at her from the floor. It was propped up on its wings. Karina, please, you must listen. Karina scrambled backwards, edging toward the entrance to the attic. No, you're not real. Go away. Their eerie human faces didn't fit their large, bat-sized ears. We're trying to help. Karina backed up a little farther. I can't go outside now. Dionysus will send the backy after me. They'll tear me apart. The largest bat shook her head, swiveling at nearly 180 degrees. No, though he is a god, Dionysus cannot see everything. He can only do so much. But that could be in your favor. You can avoid his attention and the backies. Then you need only drink and you can join in the rites. Corina couldn't believe she was arguing with a bat. Join in the murder, you mean? I've heard the screams. I've seen what was left of the men they found in the street. No, I won't do it. I'm staying right here. You go away. The middle bat tilted its head, giving her a pained expression. I'm sorry, Karina. This is for your own good. Then it dove at her. The bat swept low, teeth bared. Karina tried to duck, but that only brought her face closer to the one on the floor. It struck out, leathery wings flapping. Corina felt two pinpricks break her skin. She screamed and crawled towards the stairs. One bat had clamped down on her arm. The other creatures followed, clawing at her hair. Corina lurched forward and tumbled down the stairs. She collapsed in a heap at the bottom, but she didn't have time to recover. The bats kept attacking her. Corina staggered to her feet and ran for the table she'd used to bar the front door. She turned it over on its side and took cover. The bats squeaked and cried, diving at her again and again. Corina's heart pounded in her chest. She needed help, but there was no one to call. Three knocks rattled the door against her back. A familiar voice floated through the wood. It was crystal clear despite the din. Corina, are you all right? Corina turned her head to squint through a gap in the wood. One beautiful, long-lashed eye was staring at her. It was the maiden from before. Corina had to shout to be heard. No, I'm not, but I'm not coming outside. Why can't you all just leave me alone? The maiden cooed at her. Oh, Corina, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. Corina didn't trust it for a moment. Yes, you did. You're just another one of those backy. The maiden sounded offended. No, I am not, but you do know me. Search your mind. Karina's mind was in utter chaos at the moment, but she tried. Suddenly, it came to her. Dionysus? Corina could hear the gods smile without seeing it. 
turns out you have clever fingers and a clever mind. I sometimes prefer this form when dealing with artistic women such as you. I greatly admire your work, and I especially enjoy that it's good enough to rival my dearest sister Athena. So I'm here to offer you one more chance to join my coterie. No backy, just a cup of wine or two. What do you say? Corina squinted. I won't hurt anyone? Dionysus replied with certainty. Not a soul, I promise you. Corina glanced up at the bats. They hung from her kitchen rafters, watching her. They spoke to her in a squeaky whisper. The vine bearer has forgiven you. This is a once in a lifetime chance. Go! Corina didn't know who to trust, but she was cornered from both sides. All right, I'm coming out. Corina rose to her feet. She unlocked the door very slowly, eyes glued to the bat's tiny human faces. Then she rushed outside into Dionysus's waiting arms. Dionysus's maiden form was even prettier than Karina expected. Golden ringlets cascaded down her shoulders. Her robe was the deepest purple. She smiled at Karina, almost sheepish. Thank you for coming out. You won't regret it, I assure you. Dionysus held up a goblet. As promised, no more than two. Corina took the cup warily. She glanced back at the house. The human-faced bats were watching her through the window. Corina gulped down the wine. It brought a warm flush to her cheeks. She couldn't help but smile, even if it was a little too wide. Thank you, god of delight and delirium. Dionysus smiled. You are quite welcome. But then the god's face fell. A crowd of Baki made their way down a nearby alley. Their manic laughter echoed down the stone road. Dionysus leaned in to whisper to her, You must run, Corina, now! Corina stared at her. There was no place to run. Dionysus's cult had taken over the whole city. What do you mean? Dionysus hissed back at her. They will not listen to me when they are this far gone. It would not be called madness if the gods could truly control it. Corina's stomach dropped. Can't you take me away someplace? Turn me into a tree or something like Peneus did for Daphne? Dionysus groaned quietly. You forget that Daphne remained that way forever. Besides, that's not my party trick. Mine is being the only god who can die. Dionysus looked genuinely frightened. He would always resurrect, but no one wanted to be torn apart by their own followers. The god disappeared before Corina's eyes. His feminine voice lingered on the wind. Run, Corina, run! So Corina ran. She stumbled down the road. The Baki were everywhere she turned. Their cries of ecstasy surrounded her, and Dionysus's wine was taking effect. She wobbled on her feet and barely caught herself against the wall. A flood of voices echoed down the street. Over there, the weaver, the killjoy who refused to worship the vine god has emerged from her little hole. Now the sport can begin. Corina tried to run, but she could barely stand. 
She staggered forward, but it was too late. The Baki had her. They laughed and sang as they ground her face into the stones. Sharp nails ripped at her skin. Karina tried to explain that she had honored the god. She had drunk Dionysus's wine. Her vision was closing in, eyes swollen shut. The Baki answered her protests with a thunderous chant of, Too late! Too late! She heard Dionysus's voice in her head one final time. I'm sorry, Karina. This is all I can do. I'm sorry. Coming up, Karina faces a fate worse than the Baki. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I was worried we'd bring back the same team. I meant those blackout motorized shades. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Hall of Fame son. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Now back to the story. Corina didn't want to die at all, but certainly not like this. The wine-drunk Baki tore at her flesh, licking their bloody fingers. Suddenly, a new painful sensation spread through her. Corina felt her body breaking, stretching, and cracking, like she was falling to pieces in their hands. She was growing smaller, weaker, even easier to rip and shatter. She fell to the ground. She'd slipped out of the Baki's grip, if only for a moment, but it was all she needed. Karina leapt up and pushed through the crowd of rabid women. She sprinted for her house, carried on a breeze that must have been sent by the gods. She rushed through her open door and up the stairs into the dark attic. Though the room had terrified her before, it felt safe now, even if the bats were suddenly twice their size. Karina paused. She looked to the left, then the right. She tilted her head. The bats weren't hanging correctly. They should have been upside down, their heads dangling towards the floor. Instead, they stood near her, right side up. She felt a sinking feeling in her stomach as she bent her head back to look at the ceiling. Where the ceiling should have been was the floor. The bats weren't right side up. She was upside down. The smallest bat bobbed its head at her. Oh, Karina, thank the vine bearer. Dionysus was merciful. Karina screamed. It came out as a squeak. The largest bat adjusted her grip on the rafter. Don't worry yourself, dear. You'll get used to it. No, Karina squeaked. What happened? The middle bat sighed. We tried to tell you, we're the Maniades. I'm Arsipe. It nodded to the larger bat with its long, leathery wing. 
That's my sister, Leo Kippe. The smallest bat waved its tiny finger. I'm Alcatho. Karina was confused. The Miniades? The princesses? Everyone knew the story of the daughters of Minias. They disappeared when the Dionysian worshippers had first come to Greece. But I thought you died. Arsipe's smile seemed forced. No, Dionysus saved us from ourselves. We didn't listen when, in his maiden form, he reminded us that we needed to be out in the world living, no matter the danger. But he forgave us, even in our terrible sins against him. There were tears in Laokippe's eyes, but her grin was fixed too. When I realized how angry he would be, what he would do to our people, I offered up my child, my son. Hippasus, my little boy, we ate him, but now he is in Elysium, and we are here. As we should be, of course, it is justice. The word justice caught in Laokippe's throat. No, Corina squeaked. No, no, this is wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. I did as you asked. Vinebearer, please. Her cries were too high to hear. I just didn't want to hurt anyone. I wanted everyone to be safe. Please. The smallest bat, Algatho, hopped along the wall to be next to her. She gave her a little nuzzle that Karina didn't return. Her large eyes pleaded with Karina. It's all right. He forgave you. That's why he saved you. But you have to understand there are certain rules to the world. When it comes to saving people from his followers, Dionysus can only do so much. Corina shouted for someone, anyone, to save her. But another scream from outside drowned her out. It was a wail of pain and anguish that seemed to last an eternity. Then it was swallowed by laughter, revelry, the backy. Yes, Corina echoed in a squeak only the Maniades understood. Dionysus can only do so much. At first glance, the story of the Maniades is simply a cautionary tale, respect Dionysus or pay the price. But it also falls into a common myth type, the animal transformation as punishment. We can find this trope in fairy tales and Disney movies, but one of the most iconic versions is the story of Arachne, the weaver who challenged a god. Arachne was a mortal, but her skill at the loom rivaled Athena, the goddess of handicrafts. Athena arranged a contest between the two, but their work was equally beautiful. Athena could not abide this. She turned Arachne into a spider, and even today, these insects are known for their intricately woven webs. Weaving was a vital part of life in the ancient Mediterranean. Crafting something like a sail was no small task, and ships needed to cross the sea every day. The demand was never-ending, so women's work was never done. Which brings us to another way to anger the gods and end up transformed. Like Arachne, the Maniades were expert weavers, but rather than challenging a god, they merely used work as an excuse to skip the Bacchanalia. There was work to do, but Dionysus would argue that there is always work to do. What's the harm in letting off a little steam? 
The only people who get hurt are the spoil sports who won't join the party. The story of the Maniades suggests that if you choose to stay inside when others go out, you'll be forced to stay inside forever. It's a tale of extremes filled with fears that many of us still carry today. If we stay inside to keep others safe, will we ever be able to leave again? Still, you must decide. Death in the street or life in the dark. Choose quickly now, or Dionysus will choose for you. Thanks for listening to Mythical Monsters. We'll be back next week with a new episode. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. I'll see you next time. Mythical Monsters is a Spotify original from ParCast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound design by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Mythical Monsters was written by Lil D. Ritter and Jen Riche, with writing assistance by Molly Quinlan and Nora Battelle, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 